welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. New normal. Our theme for this year is new normal. <laughs> and we've, we've dabbled into this just slightly. The end of last year and the start of this year, we've just dabbled into what that looks like and some opening up of what that is. And when you became a Christian, when you asked Jesus into your life, a new normal began. Old is gone, new has come. <laughs> but then we have to walk it out. And sometimes in our life, we can get comfortable and we can, I remember when I was in year eight, I went to a Christian school and I was talking to the teacher in geography, didn't like geography, but I was talking to the teacher and he said to me, I said, what church do you go to? Because I was pretty upfront and I just asked questions and he said, oh, we don't go to church at the moment because every church we go to, they preach sermons that I've heard, I just know it all. And I remember at the age of year eight going, that is a very sad way to live But the reality is, is he actually just verbalised what maybe some of us subconsciously actually do. We're doing a series on healing. I've heard that one before. We're doing a series on leading people to the lost. Oh, again? Maybe it's not the whole church thing where they just don't go. Hopefully they do now. Thank you, Jesus. But there's areas in our walk where we just kind of sit in our comfortable zone or in the we've heard it before zone and we don't allow God to make it into a new normal where Jesus actually modelled it and we're not stepping into it. Everything that Jesus did, his life on the earth, that is for us. That is what is open. That is the price that he paid. He didn't die on the cross so that we could just live a nice comfortable life. He died on the cross so that we could live a supernatural life so that we can be one with the Father. No separation. And we are still learning and still growing into what that looks like for our lives today. We don't have all the answers and we aren't living it in its full manifestation. Is it ours in the bank? Yes. Have we deposited everything? Not yet. Because we're learning and growing. So when we talk about a new normal, we're not talking about... um, (laughs) We're not talking about salvation, we're talking about every day, growing in what does new normal look like for my life? My marriage is good, what does the new normal say? It's going to be better. I feel like I'm pretty free in my life, but what does the new normal mean? Complete freedom. And last week, Justin did a phenomenal sermon that he opened up, and for those, I still don't have a ponytail in my hair, for those that were here, will get that. But he opened up with a bit, of a, a, a bit of a rant on when do you stop saying Merry Christmas and Happy New Year? Like when is it acceptable and not acceptable and there's no written rule for that. Well anyway, we had Echo Community this week for the first time with the clients and we got the full team there and we're there and the clients walk in and I found myself saying Happy New Year. And as I am saying it, all I can think about is Justin's rant on when do you stop saying Happy New Year? (laughs) It was a rant. (laughs) But what was incredible was I'm over an Echo community. And here's, I'll just say some blunt truths. I'm the boss. But yet in Echo community, I'm out the back. They don't need me. On Tuesday, I watched Joanne Wilson talk nonstop for an hour and a half to clients. (laughs) Like having coffee, not talk as in like sitting down 
and praying for them and witnessing to them. And it got that busy that Lorraine's then roped in and she's talking to clients and sharing with them. There is no superstar out there because as a team, we're all doing it. And I'm watching the team come together, seeing and experiencing the prayers of the decades gone. Where is Joanne? Oh, she's in the cafe. I know she's prayed for decades. The prayers that decades have been prayed, I'm seeing them literally walk it out. I shared the testimony of Chris Anthony last year. Chris Anthony. Chris Anthony, it's a name, a client, who had pain in her legs and she allowed me to pray for them and the pain gone completely. So this week we saw her and she's sitting down to have a coffee with Joanne. So I thought, oh, well, I'm out the back. I'll come say hi. And I sit down with her. I said, how's the pain? She's like, it's completely gone. Chronic pain, both legs completely gone, not for one day, but we're talking months now. And she said to us, Joanne, she said, Joanne, I have numbness in my leg as a, as a, not a side effect, but it, it, she had pain and numbness. And she didn't tell me about the numbness. She only said about the pain. So she's like, can you pray for the numbness? I'm like, absolutely. And then she opens up about some family stuff. Can you pray for my son? Can you pray for this? I said, do you know what being born again is? And we are opening up. The prayers that have been prayed for decades, we are seeing doors open, we are seeing lives change. It's not because the room is full of what society would say is superstars, but it's because we've got everyday caring people sharing about the good news of Jesus. So thank you, God, for what you're doing out there. And we say more. Justin then went on to preach a message which was phenomenal, and he shared one point that I want to highlight here because I don't know if he understood the magnitude of what it impacted my life when he said it because he said it, paused, and then moved on. But he was talking about Zacchaeus, not Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus. (laughs) And he talked about how Jesus was coming into town and Zacchaeus was short and couldn't see him, so he positioned himself up on a tree to be able to see Jesus. Like what Virginia said this morning, to glance at him, to see him, everything changes. Zacchaeus knows this. What was obstructing his view? People. Justin made that point and moved on, and I'm sitting there going, oh my goodness, what is our biggest? I'm not going to generalize. What is my biggest hindrance? People from seeing Jesus. Not literally, I know I'm short, but people. And I'm thinking about this throughout the week, and I'm thinking about how that applies to my life. And not to let people get in the way of me seeing Jesus. Not letting people get in the way of me living a life of freedom. Not letting people get in the way of me living a life of walking in signs, wonders and miracles. Not letting people get in the way of me living a life with a healthy family. Not letting people get in the way of me living a life of breakthrough. What can that look like? Here's one. Oh, Can someone get me a cup? I need some water. Thanks, Justin. Here's one you hear every winter. Flu season's going round. Everyone's got it. Everyone I talk to, it's like one of their family members has the flu. Oh, my goodness, what do we have to do so we don't get the flu? 
in utter kindness, I'm going to say, shut up. Jesus paid the price for the flute. So instead of saying, hope I don't get it, how about you start saying, Jesus' blood has covered me. And people get in the way by speaking, by speaking, oh, thank you, yeah, but I'll have that one with the fizzy water. (laughs) By speaking, not what the Bible says. Kind, thoughtful, but not truth. They get in the way of you seeing your life, how God sees your life. Fully covered, fully healed. I um, messaged Joe. Where's my phone? I messaged Joe, whose mum passed away. And uh, we're back and forth, just supporting her where I can. And uh, she got COVID, so they had to postpone the funeral. And I messaged her saying, I'm really sorry about the timing of this. And I was being genuine in my thoughts, going, that just sucks. And Joe, be a Joe, okay? Don't be a Lee, be a Joe. Joe writes back, who's in the midst of everything, yeah, God makes together all things, sorry, yes, God makes all things work together for those that love him, right? And if his timing is always perfect, there must be something, some really good reason for the delay. Be a Joe. Be a Joe. My heart was in a good place, but I I tore myself off and went, come on. Yes, Joe. Yes. Positioning ourselves to see God, to have a glance. Do you know, there's only one miracle in the Bible. Sorry, there's lots. Let me finish the sentence. There's only one miracle in the Bible apart from the resurrection recorded in all four Gospels. Does anyone know what that is? Yes! Adelina! I wish I had a prize. (laughs) That tells me that it's a pretty significant miracle. So there's two miracles recorded twice, sorry, recorded in all four Gospels. The resurrection of Jesus and the feeding of the 5,000. We're going to dive into the feeding of the 5,000 now. Is that all right? Who wants to know why it's so special? Hmm. I don't have the answer, but I have some thoughts. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read from Matthew. So those that are taking notes, I'll just, I'll, I'll give you this. It's in Matthew 14, 13 to 21, Mark 6, 30 to 44, Luke 9, 10 to 17, John 6, 1 to 13. I'm reading from Matthew because I got so sick of trying to flip bef- bef- between the four and I just, but I just got to stop and choose one. So Matthew 1. When Jesus heard what that happened, sorry, when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solemnly place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. 
As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They don't need to go anywhere. You give them something to eat. We only have here five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And when he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up the 12 baskets of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. It's a pretty cool miracle, isn't it? I've got some highlights that I want to make from that. The first one is verse 13. This one's a side highlight before I focus on the little boy. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solemn place. What had happened to cause Jesus to do that was the beheading of John the Baptist, his cousin. The guy that paved the way from him was now dead. Jesus heard the news and withdrew. One day this year, I'll do a week or two on the emotions of Jesus. Your emotions matter. And Jesus modelled that really healthily and really well. And here he has emotions. And what does he do? Emotion of heartache, sadness, grief. What does he do? Goes and spends time alone with the Father goes and takes time out from the crowd by himself and spends it with the Father before he goes and ministers. Your emotions matter and you need to deal with your emotions with the Father so that you can go and minister. No one wants a broken person looking after broken people. Jesus modelled that really well. He was sad and he went and spent time with the Father. And then he goes and performs this incredible miracle that's in all four Gospels. Here we go. Do you ever wonder why the boy was the only one with food? Like there's 5,000 men. Okay, men can forget things. But there's women and children. Now, as a mum, I'm packing food for my kids every half hour. I'm hungry. The boy's the only one with food. Like, does this picture not make, not, it doesn't make sense. The only, have you ever thought about this? He's the only one with food. Two things I want to highlight here. He's the only one with food. The first reason I can think of is because he was the only one prepared to spend the whole day or the whole time with Jesus. He didn't want to leave the room. He didn't want to leave what Jesus was doing. He prepared himself to go and sit at the feet of Jesus, not having a reason to leave. The second reason, which is quite likely as well, is his food was made of barley, which is a third of the price of wheat, meaning he comes from a poor family and he probably had to sell some money, sell the food to make some money. Either way, he came fully prepared to either Look after himself or look after himself. He was the only one that didn't get caught up in the hype of Jesus is there, quick, let's go. 
He was the only one that stopped and went, what do I need to go? What do I need to pack? What do I need to do so that I can make the most time or most finances or look after myself the best way while I'm seeing Jesus? The only one who stopped to prepare himself. I know sometimes we can get caught up in the hype and caught up in the the moment. Well, you might not. I definitely do. And then I have to take a step back and go, oh, my goodness, I didn't even pray about this situation. I just ran off and did it. I didn't even pray about this decision. I just made the decision. But this little boy, before running off, prepared himself, made sure he was well-equipped, made sure... Excuse me. Made sure he was ready. And then it goes on to ask, I go on to ask the question. Oh, I'm almost finished. It's a short message. Goes to ask the question, why didn't he eat the food? Or sell it? Why didn't he? The feeding of the 4,000, completely different miracle, don't have time to go into that. Well, I do, but I didn't have time to research it. It's mentioned in two Gospels, one's for the Jews, one's for the Jews, like completely different situations. And God is so kind in, in sharing the both miracles because you kind of think if there's enough miracles in the whole world, like if there's enough miracles that books can't contain it, why is there two on feeding people? There is a reason. And so I can't, I couldn't find how long it had been between meals, how long they had been following Jesus. I couldn't find that out. And the feeding of the 4,000 had been three days that they hadn't eaten. And at the feeding of the 4,000 at three days, they're like, we need to get food. So the fact that I couldn't find doesn't mean it's not there. I just couldn't find it. I don't know what the time difference is, but the fact that the disciples are saying to Jesus, we need to get them food, it's obviously been a significant period of time. It hasn't been the half hour like my kids need. It has been a significant period of time that the disciples are now worried, saying, we need to feed these people. Why hasn't the little boy eaten the food? He's been there the whole time. Or likewise, why hasn't he sold the food? In 2013, Justin and I were in New York City on New Year's Eve. Best and worst night. Like, seriously, we'd never do it again, but glad we did it. You're in grids, like pods, like cages, literal. And there's enough room between each cage of 250 people for like cars, emergency services to be able to drive through. And you start lining up from midday. So you line up for 12 hours, worst, 12 hours. If you leave that grid, you can't get back in. So you can't actually go to the toilet. You can't do anything. All you have to do at zero degrees weather is stand there in your pod for 12 hours. Am I selling it for anyone to go and do? Was she? Huh. No, it was Gangnam Style, wasn't it? That guy that did that song. He did the live concert, I'm pretty sure. Oh, and Taylor Swift, okay. But you're in this grid. One thing that you're not short of in that grid is Pizza Hut delivery men driving past. (laughs) And everyone's eating pizza for dinner. Correct. 
you can't really eat much for the first eight hours because there's no toilet options. But the moment that ticks over, everyone's getting pizza. The point I'm trying to make is that little boy could have sold the food. It's not like there wasn't hungry people there. It's not like there wasn't an opportunity there, but he didn't. He didn't eat it himself and he didn't sell it. And I was talking to God about this. God, I don't understand. When I'm in heaven, I'm going to ask that little boy why he didn't do anything with the food. And then I had this thought. You could ask me. Sorry, Lord. (laughs) Why didn't the little boy eat the food or sell the food? And I'm not saying I've got the absolute answer to this. This is just what I felt Holy Spirit share with me that I'm sharing with you. So I'm not saying this is written in the Bible. It's not. This is Lee's thoughts. I felt Holy Spirit say, because when he was there, food, money was the last thing on his mind when he's gazing at Jesus, when he's hearing Jesus, when he's seeing Jesus, when he's seeing people being healed, the last thing he's thinking about is making a couple of dollars or feeding his own tummy. He is in the presence of Jesus while Jesus is ministering, while Jesus is sharing and speaking and teaching and laying hands and people are being healed in front of their eyes. He didn't care about the other things. And I got stirred in my own life because sometimes I can get caught up in I'm starving. I can get caught up in what I need. But again, Virginia, again, all I need to do it's that simple, is fix my eyes on Jesus. Yes, we need to eat. You know, don't go on a two-year fast now. Um, but to see him and everything changes. Our priorities change. Our needs change. Our prayers change. Our um, life changes when we see him. And then I thought that little boy could have kept some for himself. I mean, he didn't have to hand it all over. He had five and two. He could have said he had four and one. (laughs) Right. He didn't have to hand it all over, but he did. We give our kids pocket money. $7 and $5, seven and five. And they tithe every week on their pocket money. So Ian gets in the church account 50 cents and 70 cents on the week and they sit with me and we pull out the banking app and we transfer it into their account and then they take their account and transfer it in the church account and it's all a great system and they're learning all about tithing. It, it, it takes the churches monthly. So Ian keeps record and gives me the records each month about our church financially and it takes the average giving really down low because of my kids' contributions. <laughs> they bring the average down. Just let you know, you might be giving more, but my kids bring your average down. <laughs> now, if I was to say to Bella and Jude, give it all. Bella would ask a thousand questions, which I'm super proud of her and love that about her. And ultimately, she would take the thousand questions and she'd get the answers and then she would walk in obedience, I believe. If I did it every week to her, then we might have a bit more of a problem. But as a once-off, I believe she'd actually go, if that's what God's asking, I'll do it. Jude, on the other hand, oh my goodness, he then weighs up. 
but I'm saving for this. What about this jersey? What about this basketball? But when we go to Disneyland, I want to buy Chip and Dale merchandise, Mum. If I give it all, then I don't have money in my savings account for me to spend on things. He's on a, a big trajectory of wanting to save. He's on a mission. And then he's likely to blow it in one sitting, but that I'll, you know, we will parent that really well. And here's this little boy with five and two. Doesn't keep any of it for himself, but hands it all over. Gives it all over. No questions asked. No, I don't know what Jesus is going to do. He might eat it for himself. So I'll just keep a little bit for myself to either sell or eat for myself. He didn't do any of that. Gave it all freely. Gave it over freely. And then equally, I asked the question, Jesus didn't need five and two. He could have done the miracle with one and one. He didn't need the five and two. Because what Jesus did was he grabbed the bread, looked to heaven, broke it and distributed it. You can do that with one loaf. You don't need five. So equally, the little boy didn't keep any, but equally, Jesus didn't accept anything but all. Jesus took it all. Took it all. Not because he needed it. Jesus actually didn't need it all. But he knows this truth. Five and two in the boy's hand equals five and two. Five and two in my hand equals feeding of 5,000 plus women and children. He knows the principle of what blessing it and breaking it and giving it away equals versus the little boy five and two. And he could have given the little boy some to keep for himself. But he also knew the power of being involved in a miracle and partaking of the miracle. I love the picture of Jesus just taking it all and the little boy giving it all. I wonder in our lives, I wonder in our lives are we giving it all or is that the new normal for this year? Are we handing it all or have we got a side stash? When Justin and I got married early on, he had his business and I had a side stash of money. Not that I spent... I never spent it personally, but, but Justin likes to spend money. And while we're figuring this out, I didn't feel safe. And he'd always go, where's your side? What's in your side stash? <laughs> we don't have it anymore. But what's in your side stash? Have you given it all? Because in your hands, it is what it is. But in the hands of Jesus... It is the greatest miracle. It is the greatest testimony. It is the greatest show of provision and caring. What I love, just a slide comment, and then I'll get to my last point, is that the miracle actually didn't happen in Jesus' hands, but the disciples' hands. Jesus blessed it and broke it, but he didn't distribute it, the disciples did.
The little boy in this story is the hero. Obviously Jesus, but... What he did and how he lived. Imagine if he didn't prepare himself. The story would have looked very different. Imagine if he didn't... He pre-ate the miracle. Pre-sold the miracle. But he didn't. He was at the right place at the right time in obedience. Come on. The last thought from this story that I got, that I had to do some research in, and then we'll get the band up. There were 12 baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. I don't know if you ever question that. So obviously I love questions. So I read something and I have to go, why? Why 12 baskets? Why not two? Like you've proven a point, Jesus. You fed anyone and there was left over. Why 12? And yeah, there was 12 disciples. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Don't need you to mention that. But I still ask the question. And then I ask the question, well, what did they do with the 12 baskets? Who ate the 12 baskets? What happened to the bread and the fish in the 12 baskets? Did they put the bread and the fish in the same basket or did they separate it so that it wouldn't stink each other out? Don't you think like that? <laughs> so I did a bit of research on this. And I'm not going to use the right language or the right Greek words, so I'm just using the Australian interpretation. <laughs> in those days... Jews, the disciples, used to carry, I don't know, if you've heard this, this is epic. If you haven't, get ready. You have? Did someone say that? Oh, I haven't. They used to carry provisional baskets each that they would fill with food so they could eat and they could share with people in need. It's got a really cool word. Don't know it. But they used to carry these travelling baskets so that when they were on the road, they could feed. They had food. But when they were also on the road, people in need, they could help and distribute. What I find fascinating is all 12 of them arrive at this story with empty baskets. None of them had any food. None of them. What are the chances? Well, I don't know. But none of them had any food in the baskets but yet they all left with full baskets to go on to the next miracle, to take on to the next journey, to feed themselves and to feed other people. See, God doesn't do a surplus and he's not wasteful. It's on purpose. He didn't just perform a miracle to say, look at me, I've gone above and beyond what I could have done, but now let's just throw it all in the bin and waste it. But no, he said, look at what I can do and now let's be intentional with what is left over. And not just for this gathering, but now you take that word out, you take the provisions, you take the broken pieces and you go share the miracle that was just happened. Share how this bread came to be. These disciples who came with nothing left with everything. Because a little boy positioned himself prepared and gave it all. Can I have the band come up, please? Oh, that was my last comments here. Position themselves, gave it all, 
lived on earth as it is in heaven. And what does that look like? Living like Jesus. Living like Jesus on earth as it is in heaven. This year, 2024, 2024 is about a new normal. Let's allow God, let's allow God. I'll turn this one off, Pravina, move to the other microphone. Let's allow God, let's all stand. Mitch gave me the, the last couple of weeks and I asked if Hamish could uh, sing it today and then he'll do what he wants as in not negatively you'll just go with where you feel to go but the song is one we haven't done before it's actually not a song it's one line and it is you can have my heart and so we know that out of the heart it all rises and falls And this morning, I want to encourage all of us to go, God, you can have it all. You can have my heart, my whole life, all of it I'm giving to you. And I'm excited to partner with you. I am excited for you to put the miracle through me on this earth. I'm excited to see how this outworks and plays in and through my life. So I brought communion up at this table. And I want to 
pray up the front, pray up the front. If you need to worship up the front, do that. If you need to go back to your seats and sit, do that. But take the next two minutes to have communion, to remember what Jesus did. Remember the price that Jesus paid so that we can give it all. So that we can offer our whole life. So that we position ourselves to see Him. So God, I thank You so much for what You are doing in Echo Church. For every individual, every life that's here. I thank You, God, that You are upon this church, that You are upon our lives, that You are speaking. I thank You, God, for Your presence. I thank You, God, for the Word that You have spoken. I thank You, God, for the new normal that You're bringing, that this church is going to see signs and wonders and miracles like never before, that that is our new normal, that we're going to see salvations, that we're going to see healings, that we're going to encounter You. So we thank You, God, for this year. We thank You, God, for what You are speaking, for what You are releasing, God, and we say You can have it all. The five and the two, you can have it all. You can have it all, God. So church, I just want to invite you to come and partake, come and grab communion. And Hamish, if you can lead us in this, that'd be great.